0: Recorded live. Good
1: evening. Um, welcome. This is week two of Reiki for Animals for Reiki Professionals 2016. And I will start with the meditation. Sit in a comfortable position,
0: your feet flat on the floor your spine straight. Take a couple of deep breaths to help release any stresses of the day. Breathe in through your nose. Bring the air deep into your belly. Feel that connection with your belly.
1: The out breath, let it go. Releasing any
0: tensions, stresses, or worries. Place your hands in gasho. Set your intention that you you are
1: open to receiving whatever you need most at this moment. Also, whatever the people, animals, and situations in your life need most at this moment. That's your intention
0: that you are open to all who want to receive healing. Now, imagine there are roots coming down from the base of your spine. These roots grow far down deep into the
1: earth. As you breathe in and out, feel your roots going deeper and deeper into the earth, giving you a beautiful grounding sensation.
0: Vision yourself as a beautiful, strong tree, deep root unshakeable as you breathe in and out feel
1: the earth's energy coming up through your roots and into your belly feel that strong stable sensation of the energy of the earth
0: Calm, cool, grounding. Pull that earth energy into your belly. On the out breath,
1: feel the energy fill you up. Every breath, feel this beautiful earth
0: energy growing stronger and stronger within you. Imagine your body feeling very strong, stable,
1: and secure. Almost like nothing can
0: shake you. Nothing can topple you over. They connect with that feeling of strength, groundedness. Now imagine there is a
1: beautiful, expansive, healing light coming from the sky into your crown. warm healing light into your crown and stimulate your upper hara or third eye at the middle of your forehead. Place where all of your psychic, spiritual,
0: and intuitive awareness lives. As you breathe in and out, Feel
1: the light becoming stronger in your upper hara. Feel yourself become more open as worry and stress fall away from you. Feel this beautiful light
0: healing all thoughts, letting you let go. As you breathe in, feel the upper Hara becoming more open and more expansive. Through this upper Hara, the sky or heaven energy, the expansiveness lives within us. As you breathe in, feel that calm earth energy coming up. Feel the beautiful, healing light of the sky coming down and mixing together at your heart center.
1: Feel these two energies, the expansive energy of the sky The groundedness of the earth,
0: mixing within you in perfect balance. Every breath in and out feels stable. As you breathe in and out, imagine yourself like a beautiful tree. Roots
1: grounded deep into the earth.
0: Top of the tree open to all of the sunlight and the moonlight. Feel yourself
1: in complete balance. <laughs> there is no
0: anger. There is no worry. Space. We're true to yourself. You're compassionate to yourself and others. Remember to keep this beautiful space of Reiki with you. Now see a beautiful light coming from your heart. expanding out, creating a beautiful bridge of light.
1: As you breathe in and out, feel the bridge growing stronger and brighter. coming out from your heart into the space in front of you supported by the balancing energy of the earth, expansive energy of the sky, bridge of light, bridge of love and compassion, straight from your heart, bridge that knows no boundaries, can
0: reach any and all animals at any time. Bring to mind an animal, animal that you have a heart connection with.
1: Animal may, may be with you physically or maybe in some other location. Be
0: the animal with you right now. That your intention that you're open to facilitating
1: healing for your animal. Whatever he or she is open to receiving, nothing at all. Simply going to offer
0: and it is up to them if they choose to receive. Feel yourself open your bridge of light to your animal.
1: See this bridge extending out from your heart to the heart
0: of your animal. This bridge represents an offering of healing light,
1: of Reiki, your heart, your animal's heart. It represents the possibility of healing
0: on whatever level is needed most by your animal. Your animal has a choice in how or whether to accept your offering.
1: He or she may stay on the other side of the bridge and connect from afar. He or she may choose to step a paw or hoof or claw or two on the bridge. He or she may choose to meet you halfway or perhaps walk or run
0: all the way across the bridge to you, jumping into your heart. Allow
1: yourself to let go of your expectations about what the animals should do, just focus on offering the healing light from your heart to your animal's heart,
0: embracing their freedom of choice. Remember to just offer this beautiful bridge of light to the animal
1: gently Without expectation,
0: allow the animal to approach it however he wishes. Sit here for a couple of minutes in this heart to heart connection with our animals. wonders, you can be focused, visiting the image of
1: yourself as a tree, earth energy coming
0: up the roots, sky energy coming down into your crown, together at your heart. thoughts come to your mind, allow them to drop like leaves from the tree, try not to follow or grasp them, let them fall to the ground. Thank your animal for his openness to healing possibilities. Lessons he has yet to teach you. At your intention to finish Bring your energy bridge back, all back into your body, back easily and completely. Your energy returning to you, your breath returning to you. Remember to keep this feeling of expansiveness and openness, feeling of groundedness, feeling of connection with you.
1: Carry this with you through the class tonight, through the evening, and through
0: the day tomorrow. Always remember that when you feel out of balance,
1: Breathe into the Hara and bring yourself back to this place.
0: Please remember that the connection you make with the animals in this space can also bring you here. Breathing into your Hara and connecting with an
1: animal can bring you right back to a place of peace
0: balance. Compassion. you're ready, take a deep, cleansing breath. Really come back and open your eyes. Refreshed and at peace. Unmuted you, so whenever you're ready, just let me know. I'm ready. So how was that? How was how how did you like the meditation? It was good.
1: How did it um? How did it feel? You, because we're really gonna, going to talk today about the different parts of this meditation um
0: the different pieces and put this together um, um so what was the question how it i guess just any
1: anything you'd care to share about the experience with the meditation
2: um, i guess it you know with the sounds of things going on in the other room it's just it was a little distracting normally I have my music going and I'm in the massage studio where it's very quiet and I can do a better job of it yeah So it was a little hard to get into tonight
1: okay well you'll have the you'll have the recording so you can um you can do it another time (laughs) um um that that'll be good um what about the homework so what, what experiences did you have? I know you, you mentioned some things before we started about a couple of animals that you had worked with um, and how it, it went well with them. Um, were you Did you try the meditation where you kind of do the breathing into your hara and then expanding it out of your body um, and allowing the animal to join you? were inviting the animal to join you were you able to try that and
2: yeah yeah that's basically what i used in the beginning and i've i've been in the practice of doing that before they come in um to set the the space set the energy of the massage studio um but i kind of just decided to start our session that way too and just kind of wait for them to connect I asked them if they would like to connect our heart chakras and um, share some energy today and just kind of waited for him to take that step towards it and make the connection. And I can usually feel when I get an energy connection from them and when that's happening. Um, And it startled him at first because he was really close to me when it happened and he backed away and started working from a little more distance where he felt more comfortable and that was fine. Um, <clears throat> but then, throughout the session, he would take little breaks and then get up and come and ask for some hands- on work and um, he just he was much more focused and looking to do more work, asking to do more work himself instead of me trying to and get him engaged. Um, he really was um, connected and focused uh, this time. That was my Saturday appointment. Um and then my Monday appointment um is actually a German shepherd friend of ours that I have been trying to get to do Reiki with me numerous times cuz he has a ton of anxiety. Um but he's extremely sensitive to energy. So as soon as he feels that it makes him anxious <laughs> cuz that's his problem and he gets up and paces and talks and talks and talks. Um and this was his second time at the studio. And I took that very patient approach with him, setting the space. And just, you know, I knew that his mom would indulge me the time to just wait and let things happen. Um, And so I asked for him to connect and share energy and just waited for our, our heart chakras to connect. And it took a while. And he was just laying there staring at me. Like, with his ears slightly back, like, I really want to, but I'm still nervous. So he was still, like, on the edge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then he finally did, and he had such a great session. He had several times where he just laid there for 10 minutes doing some really nice relaxing yawns, um, staring right at me, his ears at full alert attention, um, several times, and then he'd have to get up and stretch his legs and walk around a little and give us kisses, and then he'd lay down and focus on uh, doing some more. So that was the most I've seen him sit still ever in all the time I've known him. <clears throat> so he was very focused. Um, and then working with the homework, um Doing, trying to do the rainbow bridge with my dogs, they both fell asleep. So I have, I have no idea what it did for them. It was really hard to gauge their reaction. Um, but doing the connecting the three diamonds.
1: Um, See, those we're going to talk about today. Okay. Um, and I'll hold off. Next week's homework, um, those ones. Um, this week it was to do that meditation with the animals and then to do a self-treatment. And invite an animal to join you. Um, so I guess oh, that I-
2: one I had done previously, the self treatment, and asked them to join me. I had done that ahead of our previous class. Okay, I may. I, have, I was supposed to do it in prep. I may
1: have to change my my books here then because yeah, I put the assignment for the week coming up in the front of the front of it, and I just have it listed in the back for the next week. So I, I may have to re redo that a little bit oh
2: yeah i did it ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm i'm being confusing i guess and what i had here but thanks for that input because i know mm-hmm. i need to fix that now um so um so yeah so good um yeah because we're going to go through all the the three diamonds and all that tonight so we'll we'll talk more about that um today and then then yeah for next week you'll do do those and maybe I'll do them twice. <laughs> um okay. which is fine. Uh, so cool. It sounds like you've been having you've been experiencing some very typical um sessions with, with dogs. Um it often takes a dog a long time to settle in. Um that's and and I find one of the the mistakes that a lot of people seem to make is when they see, they think the dog isn't settling down quick enough, they just quit.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and if you just stay with it long enough, oftentimes they will they will settle in. Um, and it sounds like that's what you did, which is great. Um, and you saw how the animal settled in. Um, the other comment I would make is that, you know, when the animal's moving around and coming up and checking you out and, doing something else, um, you know, they're still participating. Um, They're just doing what I call more of a walking meditation, you know, at that point in time. Um, But they're still there and they're still participating. It's just that they're they're being active, you know, in, in their participation as opposed to laying there and sleeping or or resting or whatever so just always keep in mind that they, they still are there and they're still they're still connecting it's just that they're connecting in a different way during that time when they're doing other things or whatever so just just kind of remember that um so anyway last week we covered what I call the mechanics if you will of offering Reiki to animals um, and this week we're going to start talking, and over the next three weeks, talk about, um, you know, creating that healing connection with our animals, and and talk about mindset because mindset's very critical to our success um, in connecting with and helping our animals, and we'll find that. Many of the traditional Japanese Reiki concepts and techniques that we're going to talk about and practice are really tools for us, for us as the practitioner, to help us achieve the mindset we need to achieve. And I think, you know, you'll see this as we go through it. Um, You know, when I first learned Reiki, you know, everything I learned was, you know, it was all about something for me to do to someone else whether it be a human or an animal. Um, And really, from a traditional Japanese standpoint, um, the, the tools and meditations and symbols and all the different things that we learn are all really tools for us to help us get into that right space so that we can share that space with another being, whether it be human or animal. And so, the first thing we start—we're going to start with—and is the five Reiki precepts. And um, these are something that you know are really a foundation for us for our self-healing, and they also help guide us when we work with the animals. Um, I don't know if you spent in your Reiki classes. I find that everybody's a little bit different. Um, And what they learned and how they learned. Um, But when I first learned Reiki, you know, we went over the precepts, but we didn't really spend a lot of time on discussing the importance of them. And so I'm not sure what you, how your experience with that was. um, I
2: remember it being brief.
1: Very brief. Yeah, that's kind of like it was like this couple lines and there are like a couple different versions because you'll see a number of different versions of them out there. But, you know, if if you really look at them, they're all kind of the same. You know, some of the words are a little different. um, But they basically are are the same. Um, But what I really learned with um, the traditional Japanese is that these are really tools. They really help us to prepare ourselves to offer Reiki and help us get in that right mindset that we need. Um, so the version that, that I've learned and, and work with um, is is what you see in your, your manual there, and it's um, just for today, do not anger, do not worry, be humble, be honest in your work, and be compassionate to yourself and others. And you know if you really think about these and think about mindset um you can kind of see how these can be very helpful if we try to to really bring them into our life and keep them front you know front and center um in our lives that these can really really help us and i think also um the animals can also help us help us learn how to bring these into our lives or embody them in what we do on a daily basis Um, because they live the precepts. You know, if you really think about it, the animals tend to really live these precepts without even thinking about them. It's just something that's second nature to them. Um, So I wanted to just kind of walk through a couple of these. Um, The first part of this is just for today. And what this really does is it helps us think about, um, you know, it's not just today per se. It's really helping to keep our mind focused on now. You know, so it's really more like now, this very moment, (laughs) as opposed to today. but, But they use the words just for today. But, you know, we really cannot affect what happened in a minute ago, and we can't affect what's going to happen a minute from now. We can really only concern ourselves with what what is going to happen right this very moment. And so the more we can focus on the now, um, the more we can really, you know, affect what we're doing, you know, and, and how we're thinking in, in any given moment. Um, you know, and I find this is something, you know, we can really, really, really learn from the animals because... You know, most animals aren't worried about what happened a minute ago, and they're not worried about what's going to happen next. They only care about right this m- minute in time. You know, a lot of animals, you know, they they may have just had their dinner, but if you have a treat or some kind of a popcorn or something like that, you know, they're going to be right there eating now because they're, they're concerned about wanting that, that food now. They don't care that they just ate a minute ago. Um, so... Um, this is really something that um, I find if you, we really watch the animals and observe what they're doing, they really do tend to, you know, really focus on, and I call them masters at living in the present because um, they really only concern themselves with what's happening right this moment. Um, you know, our, we have a, a, a Boston Terrier beagle mix, and, and whenever she hears high-pitched sound, she gets very um, kind of anxious during that time. And um, there for a while, my husband, when we, he was baking treats, he'd put the timer on his smartphone um, on, you know, to make sure he got things out of the oven. And whenever that thing would go off, she'd run and hide. Well, the minute that would go off, she'd be right back there. You know, she didn't care. It was like, okay, it was gone, so, you know, I'll I'll go back to where I was. And she didn't worry about whether it might go off again or whatever. She just pretty much, you know, it quit, so now I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. Um, they're very much in the now. Um, thing that I know a lot of us can learn a lot from because we're always concerned about what happened yesterday and what what we're going to do tomorrow. And they're, they're really not that way. Um, um, the other two that are the bigger ones that I always like to talk about is do not anger um, and do not worry because these are two that I think affect a lot of us on a fairly regular basis. Um, you know, if you think about what anger does to you, um, you know it's very you know it can very much um get you out of that state of balance that is so much what we're wanting to you know to share with with our animals is that that space of balance and when we're angry, things tend to just spiral out of control, <laughs> you know 'cause you know when you're when you're angry, you tend to just focus on that and. And um, you tend to, you know, it just tends to escalate and get worse. And it's kind of like fire. If you think of fire, you know, fire, you know, when it, fire tends to rise up and, you know, when it it grows, it gets higher and higher and higher. And that's kind of what's happening with anger is we're becoming less and less grounded and, and you know, more and more you know it's it's be, we're we're just becoming more and more anxious around it because it tends to just escalate um and worry is another one you know worry really stresses it out you know cuz we're we're always concerned about worried about you know whether our animal is going to get better we're worried about um whether we're going to have our job tomorrow you know we're just you know worried about how much something's going to cost or whatever. And um, it just really focuses our mind. And when we're in those states, we're not very much in a state of balance. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people think that we have to totally remove these things from our lives. And, you know, that's really not the case. It's The point is, is that if we don't hold on to them if we can learn to let them go and not hold on to them. And I think we can see with our animals, they, you know, watch what they do and observe how they handle anger and worry. Um, we find that they can teach us a lot. Um, we have our a, a cat. We, we tend to call her, her our new cat, although she's going to be three, I think, coming up. Don't totally know her age, but we think she's going to be about three. And our other two cats are, are older, um, like 14, 14-ish years old. And um, she, the the newer one, as we call her, um, she um, likes to jump jump up on things. And somehow she found a way to climb up on our, um, you know, those pipes that you have in your basement, you know, that run along the ceiling, Um she was climbing up on those, and I didn't want her up there, so I got her down, and she got all hissy and mad and angry, and and she went and ran and hid for a minute, and then probably not even ten minutes later, she's back out, and she she's, like, laying behind me purring and putting her paw on me and rubbing against me and whatnot, and, like, she totally forgot that, you know, she was mad. Five minutes ago. Um, so the animals seem to know how to, you know, they may get angry for a second, but they know how to let it go. They don't hang on to it. They don't cling to it. Um, and so that, you know, definitely something we can learn learn from them. Um, so I don't know if you have any experiences um, when you think about, you know, the, the precepts that you might have that you would want to share related to, you know, whether it's anger or worry or um, like the one, be humble, you know, being honest or true to yourself and then being compassionate to yourself and others, you know, if you think about it, these are really the foundation of what we're trying to do um, when we offer Reiki to others. I don't know if you have any, any experiences you may want to share
2: Um, Nothing that comes immediately to
1: mind. So what I would encourage, one of the the, um, suggested practices, Um, you'll notice in your your manual that, um, or in your sheets there, that um, there's some different exercises that you can do with the animals, working with the the precepts. Find ways to observe what they're doing. Um, think about how they embody the precepts and what we can learn from them and bring more of them into to our daily lives so that our life can be more peaceful and calm and relaxed and um, more stable. Because um, if we're more stable, calm, and relaxed, we're going to be better in a better space to offer offer human or animal, either way. that makes sense? Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to try that. Um, try some of these. You'll find some you like better than others. There's four different ones,
0: you know, that you can choose from. Or try them all. It's what, whatever works best for you. Any, any questions on that or... So the next piece and this is something
1: that um I believe will be new um you talk about traditional Japanese reiki we don't we don't work talk with, about the chakras at all um, chakras are there and you know they're they're great and you know I I work with them a lot you know in general um in other other areas but you know, from a traditional Japanese or, in the you know, in the dra- Japanese tradition, there are really only three energy centers, and we call them the three diamonds. Um, probably the most well-known would be um, the hara, which is down kind of in your navel area below your belly button. Um, there's also the upper hara, which is about the third eye, Location, and then there's the middle hara, which is at, at the heart. Um, and really, what we're trying to do when when you think of of balance, um, in many traditions, balance is achieved by the merging of opposites. So, you know, if you think about um, negative and positive think of a battery, what you're doing is you're trying to balance the negative and the positive to achieve that balance in the middle. Um, there's, there are many types of opposites in life. You have the sun and the moon, the light and the dark. You know, if you think of a day, a full day has both light and dark. You experience the sun and the moon. So... The balanced day has both of those pieces. Same thing with fire and water. Um, so what we're really talking about here is the merging of, of these opposites. And this is where um come in. Um, and so we need a balance of these three energies, the earth, key, the heaven. Key. Um, it's the balance of these energies that help us create that space that we're we're talking about, and I'll relate it back to the meditation that we did um, at the beginning. So, if you happen to have a piece of paper, um, um, you may want to like draw, take a piece and draw a triangle on it um, with the uh, the point at the top. Um, or if not, you can just think of it. Um, and I'm going, going to start with earth, or the earth key. And that is our hara, our hara, which is located, um, again, at our navel. And they often call this area, area the tan tian or dan tian. Um, and this in our body is the symbolic center of earth energy or earth. And the very first thing we really need to develop when it comes to our energies is really this this earth key area or the hara. Because we want to make sure that our earth energy is very strong and connected and that we're grounded. So why why do you think it's so important that we're grounded?
2: Uh, so we're stable and connected and not floating around up in the air like a balloon? Yep. Yep,
1: totally. You, you've got that. Yep. So when you think of that triangle that I was talking about, the base of that triangle or the long, you know, one of the edges up at the bottom is really what is represented with by Earth Key or the Hara. And... The Hara, if you think about it, it's really located at the center of our physical body. So it's really at our core. And if you think about a lot of the practices that you do, if you think about Pilates or you know, even just doing exercises or martial arts or yoga, they all focus on strengthening that core. And I that core, if, our, if we have a strong core, we tend to have a strong body. And then we tend to have better balance. And if we have better balance we're going to be more stable. And, you know, as you just said, you know, that's a really, really important piece. Um and so that's why if you you think of a building, you know, they have a strong foundation,
0: um,
1: or the tree with the roots that go deep and deep and wide into the earth, um, they're more strong, they're more stable, and when the wind blows, um, they're not able, you know, it's it's harder for them to topple over or fall over because they have that very, very strong foundation. Um, and that's really what we need um, to, be, to be, you know, to be able to do this work and do it well, is we need to be very, very stable. Um, and when you, again you know, linking it all back to animals. I always link everything back to the animals. Um, You know, animals, they tend to be more grounded than we are. You know, when you think about it, they they don't wear shoes like we do. Um, You know, but they have issues too because, you know, our world's become much more of, we have cement. You know, when you go for a walk, you're tending to walk on a sidewalk or a street and it's cement or, or blacktop or something, you know. So, you know, our animals often need help because of
0: the world that,
1: you know, we're living in um, today.
0: So that's the the
1: first energy piece. And um, last week when we did the Hara breathing exercise um, or the meditation with the Hara breathing where you breathe in through your nose down to your Hara, and then you expand it out of your body um, that the real
0: purpose of that is to help us be grounded because we're breathing our breath down into that uh, so then the the next
1: energy center that we have. And so I should go back, back, linking it back also to today's meditation. You'll know that I, or you you will hear if you recall, or you'll hear when you listen to it again, to the recording, that I had you put roots from the base of your spine deep, deep into the earth. And what we did is we pulled that earth
0: energy up through our roots
1: and into our heart.
0: That's the grounding piece of the meditation. So then the
1: second one, so any any questions on that? I think that this is the grounding one is probably the, tends to be the easier one for a lot of people to.
2: Oh, no questions, but it does seem to be cutting out again. I'm missing you for one word here or there.
0: Sorry.
1: I get a headset or something.
2: Well, I don't know if it's you or the connection. The where I dialed into, I don't know.
1: It it, it may be me. Um, so then um, the next um, the next part of the three diamonds is um, it's it's often called heaven key, or a lot of times we we'll call it sky key, or sky energy, or heaven energy. And the symbolic center in our body is at the what we call the upper hara, or, or the third eye, if you think of the chakras. And this is at the top of the pyramid that we grow, so at the point at the top. So, you know, emanating from the sky is a light, bright, expansive energy. And when we access this energy, it will help us with our intuition, mental clarity, um, spiritual connections. Um, Many people see colors and visions. Um, You know, I find that many people in this line of work will focus only on building this kind of sky key or or building their intuition. Um, They're really focusing up there and oftentimes they forget about um, balancing that with earth energy. Um, And we all know what happens. You mentioned it earlier when we we don't balance, you know, we don't balance this with earth energy as, you know, we get flighty and some people call it airy-fairy or... You might say you have your head in the sky or you're not focused. Um, and so if people become really, really developed in this kind of upper upper area of our body and the sky key, and you think about inverting that pyramid that you drew to where the point is at the bottom, um, you know, what happens? You know, it can't, it's not very stable, um, going to fall over pretty quickly um, unless we balance that out. Um, So the key here is that you have two opposites, and we want to make sure we're balanced. So you have the sky and the earth, and we want to make
0: sure we're balanced
1: in those two
0: opposites, so it's in that space of balance that we're going to create. Um, The other thing that this
1: sky key, if you think about the sky, it's very
0: expansive.
1: And by by developing that energy, it helps us have a more expansive mind. I think this is what we're really talking about when we mean an open mind. I know a lot of people think that when we say have an open mind, we mean do not have any thoughts in your mind at all. It's just this blank sheet of paper with no thoughts at all. Well, that's a little impossible (laughs) to do. Um, But we keep our mind more open, um, we're better able to manage those thoughts in our mind. So I think that's, you know, one reason why, you know, an expand mind is important, and if you think about um you know what happens you know when our minds become overly focused, or if we focus on what's wrong with the animal, if we focus on whatever physical issue they might have or whatever emotional issue they might have, or if we worry about the outcome of the session. What will the human think? Will they think I did anything? You know, if we have these thoughts in our minds, what happens? What happens when we have all
0: these kind of, I'm going to call them more negative thoughts in our mind? Or are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it can end up being a self-fulfilling
2: prop prophecy. Um, yeah. your intention ends up affecting the outcome.
1: Yep. <clears throat> yep. I mean the other thing is is that our mind will contract and be kind of become smaller and we'll start feeling boxed in may feel overwhelmed and then pretty soon that issue becomes bigger than what it is. We blow it out of proportion. And what you'll find often is that if we're kind of amplifying whatever issue the animal may have, given they're over, you know, they tend to be very sensitive, the animals, um, you know, they may walk away and not want to participate. So the more open we can keep our mind, the more relaxed we're going to be, there's more space for that issue to reside in, (laughs) if you will, the more expanded it is, and so we're able to better keep it in in perspective, and that will give us a more peaceful, calm sense about us, and when we're more peaceful and calm and our animals think that we're we're able to help them,
0: they're going to want to connect with
1: us and be with us and participate
0: in what we're offering them. I don't know if you've heard any of this before.
1: Um, I know I've had bits and pieces in different ways. You know, each each thing we learn, you tend to get bits and pieces of a lot of these concepts.
2: The three diamonds is completely new to me.
1: Yeah, it was totally new to me. But the idea of earth and grounding—that you know—we knew. I knew that before. Yeah. Um, but this whole idea of expanding your mind. And if you think about our energy follows our mind, it's kind of like that intuition that you're talking about that you mentioned. Um, you know, whatever our, in, or not the intuition, our intention, I should be saying, excuse me, um, wrong I word, um, but the intention that we have is where the energy is going to go. So we we want to have our minds really open, um, so that these issues that are going to come in our mind, we're better able to let them go because they they haven't become so overwhelming to us, because um, we're able to just free them up and relax them and kind of just let them be, or let them go, depending on where we're at on that day. So we're, we're able to focus more on on the, the good of what we're doing as opposed to, you know, all the things that are wrong with the animal or the situation or with us or with the people or whoever, you know, whoever is
0: affecting what's going on with the animal. But if we focus too much on this,
1: Sky energy and this expanded energy, and we're not balancing it
0: by being grounded. Um, what'll happen is that we will um, be able to focus, and we'll, you know, we'll become very unstable, flighty, and. We're going to keep building on these
1: ideas and so in our meditation earlier, um, you know, we're using this analogy of a tree. So we have roots going deep into the earth that help us be grounded and stable and then at the top of the tree is the canopy or the leaves that go, you know, go out wide and expansive and they were able to draw in the energy of the sun and the moon bring that energy in through our crowns that helps us have that expansive sky, that expansive energy from up high um, that we are able to pull into us. Bring that energy down, so we bring that earth energy up to our heart, and we bring that sky energy down to our heart. And so what we're doing is we're merging these opposites. Merging that grounding earth energy with that expansive light, light um, sky energy, and we're bringing them together. At our and the heart is the third and final diamond, the heart key, um, which is that we kind of put that at the center of our pyramid, and this is where we merge or bring together that earth and heaven energy.
0: So, our heart then, since we're merging, we're balancing the
1: body and the mind. The earth energy represents our body, the sky energy represents our mind, and we're able to merge them. Balance of the two together,
2: and we do that
1: at our heart. So, our heart becomes that point of perfect balance. It's created by the merging of opposites, the merging of earth energy. This is the place where we can remember our true self, remember who we are, remember our bright light. We can begin to shine and radiate that light or energy out of us in all directions around us. This becomes that peaceful space, that Reiki space, a space where healing is possible. It also helps us
0: to remember our oneness. So as you can see here, we have these three
1: energy centers within our body. There's the Hara, the, you know, at the bottom, the lower in our navel area. Have the upper
0: hara, which is at our forehead or the third eye. Working with these three, um, we can create that space of balance that we can share with our animals. We're going
1: to build on this as we go through the next couple of weeks as well. Um, so, if you did draw, if you did draw a triangle, keep keep it with you. Otherwise, we'll we'll reference it again um, when we you know go through the the next weeks. There's an exercise, and I think you you said you may have tried it um, already. But there's on page seven. There's a I call it the method to correct the. Connect, excuse me, the three diamonds. And I have found that this can be a useful thing to do with our animals as well. Um, Again, some people love this and some don't. um, But I might suggest that you try this with an animal. Um, And we'll walk through it here in a a minute. But um, actually, why don't we do that right away? I mean, basically what you're going to do is you're going to go into the Gosho and center your mind and set your intention. And, you know, one of your intentions would be to connect with three diamonds. And you basically place your hands, kind of put one hand over the other and be about four inches or so off your body, um, kind of near the Hara. So you start right at the Hara, so at your navel area.
0: Hold it there for a while. Try to feel the connection. Whenever you feel inspired, you will move your hands up to the center of your chest.
1: Your heart area. Your hands there until you begin to feel a connection there you're doing that, you'll imagine that you're connecting your heart area, heart key,
0: the middle hara, with your
1: hara at the navel.
0: Stay there until you feel inspired to move. your hands up to your third eye, your forehead area. Air. Imagine that you're connecting your mind with your heart. When you're ready, you move your hands back down to your heart. Again, ready. Move them back down to the heart. Your navel connection. Obviously, do it a whole lot slower than I just <laughs> just
1: did. Um, but you you can keep doing this up and down of connecting and. I did level three Reiki with um with animals. Um we went to the um to a, a wild animal sanctuary and and one of our exercises was to do this connecting the three diamonds and I sat with a, a monkey a spider monkey named Amos. Actually there were two monkeys in, in the the area and um The one monkey wanted nothing to do with anything, and so she was playing and getting her bowls and her toys and making as much racket as she could do. (laughs) Um, And the other one, Amos, he he was connecting with me. And, you know, he'd move around a little bit, and he'd kind of move to the back of the enclosure, and then he'd move back, kind of move back forward, and he'd play with his toys, and You know, I just kept kind of focused on what I was doing and inviting him to join me. And in a little bit, I'm like, I decided, you know, I'm going to, I kind of focused more on what Amos was doing. And I kind of had my hands down at the lower the hara, at the naval area. And I looked up and there's Amos sitting there looking at me. And he had his hands over his horror. He was mirroring what I was doing. So oh, cool <laughs> to see this animal do that, you know, and to connect that way with me. You know, and it, it took a little bit, you know, because he, like I said, he was kind of going to the front and the back and playing with his toys, and,
0: and all of a sudden he settled in and he was basically mirroring what I So, I would invite you to try this um,
1: connecting the three diamonds and inviting an animal to join you um, as you're doing that to see how it works for you. You may find this works really well and or maybe it won't you know um I know some people love it and some don't so again, these are just all different tools that you'll you you can try to see what works best for you as you're working with the animal.
2: And what would you use it for with the animal? Just as a way to connect with them?
1: Just well, a way to get in that space with the animal. Because right? really all we're doing is we're creating a space of balance and harmony with the you know, with that we're and then we're inviting the animal to join us. And so it really doesn't matter what what for, it's more just to, to um, you know, create that space of balance and peace, the Reiki space that we're, we're creating to share with the animal so that they'll connect with us and gain whatever healing they need. Another technique to connect with them, similar to that meditation where you had the joshin kokiho or the hara breathing and expanding the energy out of your body.
0: That make sense? Yeah. So, um,
1: <laughs> make sure you you know remember this triangle because, like I said, we are going to build on this um, <laughs> for over the next couple of weeks here. Um, going to add some things to this, but this is kind of the foundation, these three diamonds. And they call them the three diamonds because you'll find that you'll work with different parts of them, you know, like you may feel you need to work with grounding. And we always suggest that everyone make sure they're very strongly grounded and and that area is very strong and developed. Or as they say, the reason it's three diamonds is they're very polished. You've polished that, that area very well um, and make it shiny and bright. Um, therefore, it's called a diamond um, because we want to make sure we're very, very grounded and that our earth energy is very strong and stable before we really work work much on the, the upper, you know, the upper areas the upper Hara, the the sky energy, um, just so we don't get that unbalanced stable sky kind of um, um, feeling. Um, So make sure you work with that always first. But we'll, again, we're we're going to add on to this. um, um, But I wanted to spend a couple of minutes um, at the end of the document that I gave you, or later in the document, there's um, some, some techniques that I want to spend a couple of minutes on, because we're going to, um, our opening meditation next week is going to be something called the Ho. and there are three parts to the Ho that I, I want to introduce to you. Um, Typically, these three parts, if you were to take level one, um, you know, start from the beginning and take level one, we would introduce these three techniques um, or three meditations, if you want to call them that, um, in during the level one. And then in level two, they're brought together into this meditation called the Hatsareho. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about each of these and how they relate to what we just discussed with the three diamonds. Um, the first, well, the first part, I'm sure you're familiar with Gosho, um, where you put your palms together kind of in front of your heart. Um, and that's literally what Gosho means, is placing your palms together. And, you know, it can have a lot of different interpretations. I know if you do yoga, you do, you know, you do this, it can mean, pray, you know, the prayer position. It's another thing. Um, but, you know, typically it's a sign of reverence. Um, it also means bringing opposites together. And we've talked a little bit about that, how the space of balance is created by bringing together or the merging of opposites. And so when you bring your right hand and your left hand together, you're bringing your right and your left side together and they become um, so that's one of the meetings but I think you also find if you do if you go into this gosho position um, it really helps you focus it helps you concentrate um, it lets your mind get you know quiet your mind I know one time I just sat there like that and I was just like you have your hands together like that in Really hard for your mind to wander too much um, because you're focused in on the, your hands being together, and it's it's really kind of kind of interesting how, how that is how just putting your hands together can help you focus, you know. Um, but that's something you could do with an animal if you're you know if you really need it, just. Put your, sit there with your hands together that way, you know, that's a, another way. But often we use it when we're trying to set our intention or when we're in the process of setting our intention. You bring your hands together in gasho, and then often you'll put them back, you know, back down in whatever position you like to have your hands in after you've begun, um, begun whatever you're doing. Um, the second one is something called the kenyoku ho, and this is like a method they call it dry bathing or brushing off. I mean, basically, you're you're trying to purify your heart, your body, heart, and your spirit. Um, so it's kind of a, a a purification kind of thing, and you're clearing tension from your shoulders, from your various organs. Um, it's it's a means of clearing that tension, and so you basically you start with your right hand on your left shoulder, and then you sweep it down diagonally to your right hip. And then you place your left hand on your right shoulder and sweep it down diagonally to the left hip. And then, again, to your your right hand, to your left shoulder, down to your right hip. And then you put your elbow kind of against your body and put your hand out with your hand up. And then you're going to sweep down kind of from your elbow kind of down and out across your hands. And you're going do your right hand on your left first, and then you go left on your right second, and then right on your left next. I'm not totally sure why there's this three, but there always seems to be threes in everything, and I'm not t- totally sure why why that's the case, but you always do this in threes. And, you know, from a traditional Japanese, this is a very of a simple grounding exercise, you know, it's a way to purify yourself, um, to brush yourself off. Um, It's grounding because you're sweeping downward, you're going, you know, from your shoulder down to your hip, so you're sweeping downward, so it tends to be grounding. Um, The other piece is you're touching your body, and so when we're touching our bodies, we tend to stay in our body, if you will, and so in that sense, it can help us be grounding. So, you know, relating back to the three diamonds, it's very much about our earth energy. Um, so that's one of the one of them, and we'll be doing this, you know, we'll be putting all this together next week in the Hatsureho. Um, so that's the Kenyokoho. And a lot of people will... A lot of practitioners, especially when you're working with humans, they'll, they'll do this to kind of start their session. Um, it might not be the best to do with an animal, depending on what animal you're working with, just because these hand movements can be very distracting um, to an animal. Um, but, you know, you could always kind of visualize it in your mind, too, rather than, you know, actually going through the motions, you can visualize the motions in your mind you wanted to do this to help kind of prep yourself for a a session or do it before the animal comes as well. Um, The second um, one, and we've talked about this, we did this last week, is what's called the joshin kokyuho or hara breathing. Um, And this is really focusing the mind with our breath. Joshin is about focusing the mind... Hokyu is breath or respiration, and then Ho is a method. Um, so it's used to focus our mind, you know, clear our energy centers, and really build the energy in the Hara or below our navel. This is one where you breathe in through the nose and you pull that energy down to your Hara. Output the energy out of your body out through your skin and kind of into the surroundings, the area around you. And you just keep repeating this until you feel like you have a very um, peaceful (coughs) space that you've created. And so this is that space where we can invite the animal to join
0: us and connect with us. So this is
1: more for that deeper grounding deeper than the Kenyoko um, connecting with the earth.
0: So we're breathing deep into the and that helps us connect. That's the second piece and the um, third
1: is it's called the Sation Toitsu or I'm not sure I pronounced that correctly. Um but this helps us create a unified mind. Association is spirit, the mind, the soul, the intention. Koitsu is to unite or unify and make one. We can use this to clear our mind, um, but it also connects with our hara. Because with this one, what we're doing is we're holding our hands in gasho to bring energy in through our hands, feel the energy move along our arms, down through our body, down to the hara. Without breath, we visualize the energy or the breath through our body through our arms and out our hands. So some people may find that this can help them develop that hand sensitivity as well. But really what this means, because we're bringing energy through our hands and we're holding it in gasho. And we're, when we hold in gasha, we tend to have our hands up towards the upper part of our body. But we're bringing energy down to our hara. So this is really creating that sky energy or heavenly energy, grounding it in the hara. So we're bringing those opposites together um, with this technique. And Toitsu also means harmony, so we're creating that harmony between the earth and the sky energy. Toitsu can also mean focus. We place our hands in Gasho, we're focusing our mind on that upper body. We're also breathing down into the Hara, so we're merging the mind and the body. So what you are see is all these different techniques, they all relate back to these three diamonds. And it's all about creating a space of balance within us. We can share with others, share with our
2: animals. And so, so this one could be used at the beginning of a session also?
1: Um, could yeah yeah um and what we're going to do like i said next week i'll guide you through this hot story where we're going to basically put these three together and so you're doing your grounding um and as well as you know connecting with that um that heavenly energy and you're bringing them together in harmony um at, at our heart so we're basically pulling it all together it's just a different way of doing it Um, Because what Yusui found was that everybody learns differently and everybody experiences things differently. And so he provided us with lots of different meditations and tools to help us because what I like might be different than what you like. Um, And what works for me may be different than what works for you, than what works for my husband, um, we all may be very different, but yet the outcome that we have creating this space of balance and harmony that our animals will want to join us in and participate with us in so that we can help them at whatever level they need help in, um, what, we're, what we're able to do is we're, we're doing it a different way, but, but we're do- we're, at the end of the day, we're creating that same that space, that Reiki space. Um, that we're, we can offer to a human or an animal or to a situation, for that matter. Um, oftentimes just being in that space and creating that space of balance can help a household, you know, help everyone in the, in the home um, because everyone is able to feel that, that, you know, that sense of peace and balance that, that we've created and is able to connect with it and, and experience it. And it will help everyone involved. You know, and what I find is, you know, when you think about working with an animal, um, a lot of times the animal's issue is be the result of something that's going on with me. Well, if I'm all stressed out from work and I'm coming home and I'm crabby and I'm, you know... I'm upset with everybody and I'm all anxious about this, that, or the other and worried about, what you know, something else. And um, the animals pick up on that and they they will react to that. Um, and if, you know, if you think of maybe a home, let's just say the home is, is one where maybe the relationship of the people in that home isn't the best. Um, you know, the animals react to that. And so, you know, what happens is that, you know, it's kind of funny, my my dog, you know, I I always kind of wonder, like, what did she come, you know, what kind of a situation did she come from? Because she was a puppy, so she wasn't very old. But there must have been something, because there's certain things that I might do or I might be scolding a cat, and she'll get all cringy, you know. And you know, I just wonder if she came from a situation where everybody was yelling at each other, and all the animals were were being scolded and something, you know, for doing whatever, for just being an animal. And um, you know, you just kind of wonder because sometimes when you when you're doing, you know, when you're correcting another one of the other one of the cats that in our house, you know, she'll will react to that and cower with that. And so, you know, oftentimes just helping the whole situation that the animal's part of can can help whatever's going wrong with the animal. You know, a lot of times and that's what the beauty of all this is is we're creating this space of balance that can won't not only help the animal, but it'll help the people and the household and the situation that animal lives in. When when they're all in balance, then everybody can live in balance and be happy and, you know, be well and whatnot. Um, it all works together, and it's often not just that one animal that has the issue. That animal issue is a result of something, something else that may be going around, going on around that animal. And I find that time and time again, that there's just something going on that's affecting the animal or maybe affected that animal in the past depending on its situation that it came from. Um, And you kind of see it come out in in different pieces. Kind of like our small dog here too. She doesn't like kids, little kids. You know, if they're like teenagers, that's fine. Or maybe a little bit older, little bit older kids. But if they're young little kids, of course the ones that all want to pet her She does not want anything to do with them. In fact, she's afraid of them. You know, she'll, like, if there's a kid in a stroller and you go by it, you know, when you're walking, she'll, like, look behind her, you know, until that that stroller is way away. So, you know, there was some situation that caused her to have these. And, you know, what we need to do is just keep that space of balance and peace for her so that she can um, handle handle all of that. You know, sometimes they, they learn to deal with it and sometimes they, you know, they may totally be become better because of it, you know, because of the work we're doing it by helping the situation around them. We've been able to help them with whatever their issue is. I don't know if you've seen that with any of your work. You know, where a lot of times, you know, that's, it's not just the animal where the issue is, <laughs> you know, it's, there's something else going on, whether it's with the people or with the relationship of what's going on in their home
2: or... Yeah, nothing I can think of.
1: Um, but oftentimes that's why I, I also like going to where the animal is because... At times I see that, you know, we've helped the whole household and in the process the animal has improved as well with whatever the animal is dealing with. And I think that's why this works really well, too, in in the sanctuary or shelter um, situation is, you know, those animals, it's kind of a stressful environment for them to be in. Um, A lot of animals coming and going, so you always have somebody different around and Everybody had had a different experience in their past and, you know, it can be very stressful and so when we're there creating, you know, helping the whole situation, you know, all of the animals are able to benefit from it on whatever level they need. So all these tools we're learning, all these different techniques will help us, get us in that space so that we can share it with with our animals, and I think you already, you know, you're, you're, you've um, already experienced it, you know, with your experiences on Saturday and Monday with the dogs you worked with. You've already experienced this. Yeah, it seems and like. So it. you'll have some different tools that may help you. Um, you know, help you with, and even in dif- different situations, because you're going to find that every animal is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can call on different
0: different ones of these tools to help you. So um, the one other thing I wanted to just go over... Um, you probably
1: saw it already um, is this meditation with the animals, the healing bridge so that's that's um the also the meditation that I did as we created this bridge from our heart and connected it with the heart of our animal um, I know a lot of people with this one um they often have you know they they like to be literal and they're they're thinking of the bridge that i have a bridge and i'm going to be heart of one animal and really we can this bridge can can go in many different directions it's meant to be symbolic of connecting our heart with our animal's heart and so if you have multiple animals that you're working with at one time like you might you know if you went to have after you might be in a in a space Multiple animals. You can you can use this this meditation, but you know, keep in mind that it's not just one. You know, you're not just connecting with one animal. It's it's just the symbolics of you're able to connect with the hearts of multiple animals. Um, but that's really what we're trying to do is you know think about connecting with. We can connect heart to heart with our animals. That's really the ultimate in because in it's a very peaceful space we're able to connect with, you know, with, when we're thinking of connecting with our hearts. Space love and compassion to whomever we're working with. When we get to that, it's really, really a, a beautiful thing when we're able to connect heart to heart with an animal. So this this meditation is designed to help us and it gives us a visual for how we can do that and that being a bridge of light um, to connect with with, um, whomever whomever we're needing to connect with. So that's what this healing bridge is is about. And so my suggestion for the next week um, is to work with this healing bridge to try that three-diamond connection that we discussed and do all of these with animals. Um, and then if you're, you know, try one or more of those Reiki precept exercises with the animals. Um, give them a try and see, see how the animals respond, see how it feels to you, and see how well
0: it works for you. So, any questions? I know this is new, and it's um,
1: it's very um, very different from what we learn with a lot of modalities and with the Western style of Reiki, um, where we focus more on this, this chakra system. Um, this is a very different way of thinking about it.
2: So, yeah, and I guess what I'm um, thinking of immediately is you know so you set the set the session um, using um, one of these meditations and you make the connection with them and then what because in the traditional Western method that I was trained in you know you would focus on opening one chakra, seeing is this open, is it does it need to vent, does it need to draw, and you would kind of work your way down the chakras. Maybe you'll work your way down the chakras on a leg that's affected. Um, in, in this Japanese method, you're setting you're, this bubble of love and light, and then what?
1: You, you sit in meditation with the animal. All of these tools are tools to help get you in the space. You invite your animal to join you and then you let what happened happen, basically. You remove all expectation and you you invite the animal to join you and then you, you are going to sit in meditation with that animal. And what you're going to find, I, I think you experienced it already, is that, you know, the animals may come and go a little bit Um some of them will come and lay down right away next to you. Um, some may come and be next to you and be by you for a while and then they may move away. Like you, I think you said take a break. Um, and then they may come back. Um, some of them will ask you to touch them and when they do, you oblige. Um, but we're not actively trying to open chakras. We're not actively trying to Do something. We're just being. We're being. We're being a space of calm and peace and harmony, so our animals can join us in that space, and then we let happen what what happens. And how
2: long is a typical session?
1: Um, you can go. I would suggest like thirty minutes to an hour, depending on on how it goes. Um. You know often i I try to target an hour is kind of you know usually what I have in my my mind when i'm when I'm doing any session is about an hour um I often find with some animals you need to give them that amount of time, especially if it's like the first or second time you're working with them um it may take them that long to settle down you know they may play with their toys and eat and and check you out and walk back out and come back and, you know, do do a lot of that um, kind of back and forth. It's kind of like an ebb and flow. They come forward and they go out, come forward and they go out. Um, But then you'll find that the more you work with them, you know, you'll probably find that they'll come and they'll just lay down by you (laughs) or they may jump in your lap and just sit there with you the whole time. You know, it may take a few times that they kind of understand what you're offering to them. But I have found myself um, that this works really, really well for a lot of the animals um, because I'm not trying to do something to them. I'm not trying to manipulate their energy and tell them what I think they need to have done I'm just letting them choose because the reiki is going to go where it needs to go. It will go and where whatever needs healing that day is where the reiki will go. Um, and a lot of times, because like I said, I, I also do healing touch, and there, you know, I need to know what's wrong with them. And you know, I'm doing, you know, you do step different techniques to to do different things. And solve different issues and um, what I find typically, especially with dogs, um, is that a lot of times they don't want me doing that. So if I just offer this space to them and let them participate as they wish to participate, that they're going to connect with me and my session today, which may be the first one, they may, they may never settle down, or it may be right at the very end when they finally settle down. <clears throat> but if I come again next week or whatever next time is, I'll find that they'll tend to settle a little quicker, and then the next time it'll be quicker yet. And then, you know, as you do more and more, you know, you're gonna, sh- they're gonna show up. Oh, here's that Reiki gal, you know here's that Reiki gal, they'll plop right down next to you and, you know, and like, come on, let's go, let's get at it here, you know, because they'll be ready for it and they'll know what it's all about. Um, And, you know, they may want you to, you know, if their butt's hurting them that day, they may force, you know, their butt into your hands or, you know, they may just want you to touch their, you know, their back or their hip or, you know, whatever it is, um, their paw or whatever they... They may want you to touch, and you just just sit there and you know put them in that spot, versus actively trying to do different different things with them. So it's much more of a passive approach as opposed to an active approach. Just being allowing to happen whatever the animal decides is going to happen that day because at the end of the
0: day, we're creating a space so the animal can heal himself. So I just invite you to really try
1: this. And you may find you have sessions where you can do some of the things that you've learned in the Western way. That there will be some animals that are very open to that, and you you do that then because that's what they want. Um, but then there's going to be other animals that won't want you to do that at all, and so you have other things that you can do to that do with them so that techniques that you can work with them with so that they, they're able to benefit as well. That makes sense. Am I making sense
2: to you? Yeah, yeah. It's just it, the inclination to want to do something is
1: yep, strong. We're all that way. I, I've, yeah. I've been that way, too. I think I mentioned before, last week that Lonnie, I wanted so bad to touch her, you know. It was just, and I was just trying to force myself onto her, and she wanted nothing to do with it, you know. And, and I finally learned, you know, l- let her participate the way she needs to because she wants this, and she's going to benefit from this. You know, and over time there will be a day when she'll let me and I just need to be patient and allow it to happen, you know. Um, but it is, it's 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 hard and it's and that's why where there's all these different things to help us with our mindset because our minds will I know mine with Lonnie was always, you know, I had in my mind I need to touch her, I need to I need her to let me touch her. Um and my mind forced her away. And so that's why we're talking a lot about our mindset here. Mm -hmm. We have the precepts and we have these various tools and we're going to talk about the symbols and mantras and how they can help us. And, um, you know, it's kind of putting this puzzle together with all these, or a toolbox, if you want to call it that, with different tools that we can draw on when we need them. To help us so that we can meet the animal wherever that animal is, that moment. And you may find the same animal one time will want to participate one way, and the next time it'll be totally different. And what I've learned is if we just allow that to be, amazing how how much how much we can move forward, you know, with them.
2: Have you uh, taken any animal communication classes or studied or read about it?
0: I
1: have taken them. Um, That is not something I'm very good at Mm
2: -hmm. at all.
1: Um, It's just not something that's ever resonated well with me. Um, So I haven't really pursued it a lot, but I I have taken them, you know, just experienced that. Um, so I don't practice that at all, um, and, you know, I, usually what I try is, you know, to get whatever feelings and kind of whatever impressions I might get, um, but then I try not to focus on that too much, um. Because I think if the more open I can be, and the less I'm trying to understand what the animal's thinking, the better it's the better the experience is going to be for the animal. That that's how I approach it. But I know. Yes. I think you mentioned you had taken some. Has that been helpful for
2: you? I I did take one, um, and I'm not sure whether the class itself was necessarily that helpful. But um, I. I try, you know, I've had several experiences where I've just gotten really strong information from the animal about what they want or what, um, you know, what modality they're asking for or what's going on with them. Um, And I try and just trust my gut instinct and listen to it. I don't know where the information is coming from or exactly how I'm getting it. It's just sort of a sense of knowing Yeah. And I don't know that I got that out of the class at all because I was having that go on in sessions before the class. But I was hoping to sort of tune into it with the class. Um, And I'm not sure whether I got any better at it. I wish I was better at it.
1: Yeah, I kind of wish I was too, but it's just not something that comes to me. It's, you know, I get some of those gut kind of feelings as well. And you learn to just kind of trust that. But. you know, for someone to tell me, well, the animal said this specifically, you know, I'm not even close, you know, to getting there, you know. Yeah. You know, um, not even close. So I just, I've just, I finally just decided that was not something that was going to be something that I would be doing, you know, because it's just not not something I've resonated well with. It's kind of like I don't tend to see a lot of colors, Um, either once in a while I will, but, you know, I really don't tend to see them. Where I have other people I've worked with who, oh, it was all green and purple and, you know, this beautiful gold light and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I just, I tend to not see a lot of that, generally speaking. And, And I've just learned that, you know what, that's all okay. It's all okay. We're all coming from a different place and it's all good and we're all we're all um assisting whatever needs help helped from what whatever place we're coming from
2: yeah it seems like each session is different anyway so trying to do one you know trying to specifically hone in on colors or messages or anything is you just sort of have to wait for it to happen and what's going to happen is going to happen
1: Right. You know, I find a lot of people think that, well, I have to report back to the, the human. I have to tell them what I found. And a lot of times, you know, they'll focus so much on, I've got to find something, i, I gotta got to figure out what they're telling me so that I can report back to the human that you totally take your mind away from that peaceful space. That we're trying to create, so it kind of goes counter to what we're trying to do with the Reiki, because we're trying to create a space of balance and relaxation, and we're sitting there with our mind trying to make sure we 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 find something to say to the human, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: We're we've totally gone counter to what um what we're there for and. Many times, then the animal will walk away, and we're like, "What? Why? Why'd they leave?" You know? Yeah. And then you start really thinking about what. For me, I find what. Well, here's what I did, and that's probably why they left. Because I'm so focused on trying to make sure the human knows I did something that that I um, I've totally made it worse, you know, than what it what it might have been. So again, all the tools about mindset and trying to keep our mind as open and not grasping onto things and let, just letting it go and letting it be. Um, I find, at least for this, that it, it we tend to have better experiences and when we do that. And a lot of times we may think we're there to help one thing and what really happens is something totally different. Yeah. So what we thought the animal needed wasn't what he needed that day. He needed something else, and by helping that something else, we may actually help the thing we thought we were there for too, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that onion, peeling the layers off the onion. What we think we're there for is at the center, and we got to peel these layers off first before we can get to that, yep, right. that core. Right. That's the real, real issue. But we have to clear the way um, before we're able to help.
0: That. Cool. Well, I'm sorry, I was a little confusing with my. um my it, might,
2: it might not have been you. <laughs> it could have been me. You know, reading ahead or whatever. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, my intention was is we practice on what we did last week or the week before, and then I've given you the reading so you can kind of read up on what we're going to talk about the next time. And then at the end, of course, is the assignment for the following week, and maybe I should just leave that off. Um, just talk about it and then include it, you know, in the, the new notes. So I'll think about that, but it's helpful to get feedback, so I appreciate that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I know, when did we, or when were we supposed to do a self-Reiki session and invite them?
1: That was for last week, or okay. this last week. So if you want to try that, you know, this coming week, that's fine, too, you know, because you've already done some of the other ones for this week, I think, so. Yeah.
2: Well, I did the self-Reiki one, too, because um, just because I had the opportunity, I was doing distance Reiki with a dog that couldn't make it for an appointment. So, And that's how I usually do a distance, not that I'm charging for it yet, but I'm practicing with some of my friend's dogs. That's how I'll do one when we can't get together is they stay at home and then I do a distance session on them by doing a self-reiki treatment on myself and I just ask to connect with them and invite them to do it with me and we'll just check in with our chakras and see, you know, how is yours doing? And then check the crown, check the third eye, etc. and I'll go down each chakra. And usually I can, I feel like I'm feeling theirs, not mine, you know, their chakra. I'm getting whether theirs is open. And once I feel like I have a good solid connection, I, I feel like I'm getting information from them about what's open and what's closed. And sometimes, you know, if I check in with their hips and see, you know, how are your hips doing tonight, the right one will be aching. And so we'll work on that, and I'll check in with their mom the next day. And I'm like, you know, I was getting a little something in the hips again. Is the hip dysplasia acting up on the right? And they will say, yeah, it was, they've been limping on the right. And so it seems like all the, the you know, the accuracy of the information I'm getting is really good and the animal's response the next couple of days has been I, I
1: love the distant work I mean to me I just I really like I almost like doing that better than in person Mhm. for that reason alone because you find that you know you can do a lot of these very specific kinds of techniques because you have that you're not like right on them you know
2: Yeah.
1: and you're connecting energetically and so um I I really like doing it that way because I find it's much more it's not as strong and not as overpowering if you will
2: invasive yeah um,
1: and when yeah invasive is a good word um then when you're in person with them and so you're able to have this beautiful connection with them and yeah when you're using yourself as kind of the surrogate you're and you've truly connected with them you are you're getting them, you're not getting you, it's them you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: um it's really it's really cool, you know and and I've probably had some i think I mentioned last week too that I probably had some of the best my best treatments and it's been at a distance, yeah, so.
2: I, I do feel like I'm getting more information from them about what's going on. It's like I step inside their body. And it was kind of confusing with the one dog I was checking in with. His mom lives in Green Bay. We're friends, and I couldn't get to her. So, But her dog is on heavy pain meds. And I, the next day I said, Ellen, I couldn't feel anything in his legs. And I said, you said he's on super-duper pain meds, right? She said, yeah. And um, I said, well, they're working because I can't feel anything in his legs. But I knew that he was having trouble with his hind limb, so I just sent energy down it anyway, even though I couldn't get any kind of information back from him. Um, And the next morning he was able to actually get up on his own, whereas usually he needs a boost in the morning. And his appetite was back to where he was eating breakfast. So he he just sort of stepped back a few levels to where he had been last, with less pain and less deterioration, um, but he keeps needing another boost, um, another Reiki boost to keep it going. He's really, really old, (laughs) really old.
1: Well, I found that's very typical where you you just, a lot of people think that, well, I'll have one session and I'll be done. And I find that you really need consistency, um, especially when they are older and they're feeling, you know, have issues such as you're describing, and, um, you know, you really need that kind of consistent um, approach with with them to kind of keep it on an even keel, if you will. Because um, I know I worked with a, a dog. His name was Charlie. He was at Happily Ever After, and he had bone cancer. And I worked, I don't know how many times, quite a few times, um some of them um, I was out at the sanctuary and did it in person, and then, in between I'd do you know a a distant um session and you know every time I did it, you know I'd feel like you know, okay, we made progress, and then and we'd do it again, and we'd make progress, you know it was kind of like every time he would You know, there was a regression in between, you know, and so you you had to keep that consistency up with him. And, you know, it helped when we did that. Um, But, you know, he ultimately passed away um, from the cancer. But, you know, it was nice to know that you helped him with some of the, the pain or the swelling or, you know, whatever was going on. Know, just be calm and peaceful. You know, have his life be peaceful there at the end. It was just really, really good feeling. You know. So yeah, I find yeah you have to, and it's it's really hard to get people to, to understand that. It's kind of like us. You know, I always have to go back too. I know, you know, a lot of times when uh, the healing touch work we did, you know, the with the the chakras and all that. It's you know, I'd go in and I'd be all. They're like all this work you do. How can you be all blocked up? I'm like, well, <laughs> I live in this world too, you know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, we we need it continually as well, you know. Um, like that's why I'm here for you to
2: help me. <laughs> you
1: know? mm-hmm. Um, I need it too. We all
0: need it. So hopefully, more and more people will understand that.
1: start to understand that this can help
0: all our lives,
1: you know. But we'll get there.
0: Step by step. One by one. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes. Oh, well, cool. Do you have anything else? Um,
2: Nothing else. I was kind of jotting down questions as we went when they popped into my mind. So that was everything I had.
1: Okay. Well, once again, this week, if you feel if you, something comes up and you want to discuss it, let me know. Um, you can either email me or save it up for next week, or we can even talk on the phone if we, you know, if we want to. Um, you know, if there's something you'd like to discuss before next week, be happy to.
2: Okay.
1: All right. Well, thank you. This was great. I hope it was helpful for you as well. Thanks so. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Well, look for your next um, packet um, tomorrow or so, maybe Thursday, but hopefully tomorrow. Um, and we'll talk again next week. Look forward to it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good evening.
2: You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.